This is Weon, and you're listening to Gravitas Podcast, making sense of the news. You could say the same about the global economy. If world leaders don't get their act together, we could be in for a lot of pain, even worse than during the pandemic. And I'll tell you why. This year has been the worst start for global stocks on record. The worst ever. How much damage are we talking about? Nearly $13 trillion. $13 trillion. Global investors have lost $13 trillion in the first six months of 2022. Even the pandemic years were not this bad. And why is that? Because 2020 was an economic slowdown. 2022 could be a recession. Let's look at three important indicators, the stocks, the factory output, and inflation. We'll start with the United States. Their index, NASDAQ, is down 30% in 2022. Japan's Nikkei is down 11%. India's Nifty, 10%. China's Shanghai Composite, down 6.7%. European stocks, 17%. Every major market has crashed this year. And chances are, this is just the start. For stocks to recover, economic activity must pick up. And what does that mean? It means factories must increase output, the job market must expand, foreign investment should flow in. Only then will the markets recover. But right now, the exact opposite is happening, which brings us to the second indicator, factory output. It tells you how the manufacturing sector is performing. And right now, it's not so good. The Eurozone manufacturing fell last month. It was the first decline since early 2020. Same with Britain. Their manufacturing outlook is the gloomiest since May 2020. What about Asia? South Korea's factory output dropped for the second month. So did Japan's. Only India and China reported slight increases, but you can barely count that as growth. The fact is, manufacturing is stalled. Factories are simply not increasing output. You could ask why, and we'll tell you. Two major reasons. One is higher inflation. Raw materials are simply too expensive today, so factories are cutting down on output. The second reason is falling demand. People are bracing for a recession by the end of this year. So naturally, they're not in the mood to spend. Their tendency is to save every penny, especially with inflation on the prowl. Now, this time, Europe has set a new record. Inflation in the Eurozone has stopped 8.6%. It's the highest rate since 1997. Some countries are worse off than others, like Spain. Their inflation has crossed 10%. So what is the European Union planning to do? What every country is doing, the European Central Bank is planning an interest hike, the first one in almost 11 years. But is it too late? Central banks had a narrow window to ace the soft landing, to strike a balance between inflation and growth, but that window is closing fast. The new interest hikes may or may not control inflation, but they will hurt economic output. They will slow down growth, possibly derail all hopes of a recovery. How is India responding to this looming crisis? In two ways. Number one is by scooping up good deals wherever possible, even if that means doing business with Russia and more business with Russia. India has significantly increased the import of Russian oil. It is being sold at heavy discounts to India, Russian oil. And now Indian businesses are eyeing the Russian market. Dozens of Western companies have left Russia. This could be India's chance to capture some of that market. A few companies are already in talks, like Berger Paints, Dr. Reddy, CCL products, all of them are planning to expand their Russian footprint. 
And that's not all. Indian retailers could soon open stores in Russia. Vladimir Putin confirmed this development at the BRICS summit. But which retailers? That he did not mention. Strategy number two for India, preemptive action. The Indian government announced a wave of new measures on Friday. I list them out. The import duty on gold has been hiked. It was 7.5%. The new import duty is 12.5%. On steel, an export duty has been levied. 15% on all exports. But the biggest changes are in the oil sector. Indian producers will now have to pay what they call a windfall tax. How much? Around $294 per tonne. Think of it as an additional tax. Also, some quotas have been established. Like 50% of gasoline you sell abroad must be sold domestically. I'll explain that. Suppose you sell 100 litres of gasoline abroad. Then your domestic sales must make up at least 50% of that. In this example, at least 50 litres must be sold in India. There's a similar quota for diesel as well. Around 30% has to be sold domestically. Now, all of these are preemptive moves. They have the same ultimate goals. One is to prop up the rupee and two, to save forex. Right now, the Indian rupee is in free fall. It's down almost 8% compared to January, which means India is paying more for, for the same imports. It is draining its reserves at a faster rate. So what does the government do? Try to recover some of that money. Oil producers are already making a fortune because of the rising prices. The windfall tax will level that up. The government will basically get a cut. And what about the quotas and the gold duties? They will help reduce imports. Indian gold prices increased $15 today. And when the prices rise, the demand falls. If these policies work out, the Indian rupee will strengthen. And that will set off a chain reaction. Imports will become cheaper. Inflation will cool off. Economic activity will resume. But just like everywhere else in the world, one question still remains. Was India too late in making these moves? The RBI still has an impressive forex stock, nearly $600 billion, but the trajectory is a bit worrying. The reserves have dropped by $11 billion in the last three weeks. So Indians are also playing the waiting game, waiting to see if the soft landing sticks.